Well, praise the Lord and welcome to Cross Time with Pastor Curtis here in the studio at Crossway Church. We have folks who gathered with us this morning to uh, continue in our Jude Bible study. And I encourage you to uh, pass it along uh, that the information uh, is out there about our YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. Uh, something went wrong, and I don't know what it is with our being able to Facebook Live, some settings, probably just my ignorance on my smartphone, uh, which for me, it's a dumb phone. And uh, But anyway, uh, we're still able to broadcast live on the YouTube channel, and it may be better because once you're there, once you subscribe to my channel, then you're there where all the information, all the materials are, all our teaching, all the preaching, and every Sunday morning worship service, uh, we leave that on there, the music and all. So I encourage you to uh, uh, get the word out that uh, uh, everything we do is on the YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. And uh, that's the, the entire year, year and a half of Galatians and the same with Ephesians. The Romans teaching that I'm doing presently every Monday morning and Thursday morning at 8.30 a.m. Uh, and I just thank God for the opportunity to be publishing His Word, uh, putting His Word out there. And so uh, we're excited to be here today. And again, uh, this today is going to be session 9 uh, here on the 13th day of September, 2019. And uh, last week, uh, we left off talking about Michael the Archangel uh, disputing uh, with the, the, that old uh, devil uh, about the body of Moses. And we're going to get right into that. But I just also want to remind everybody to keep praying for our Crossway Church in Wichita Falls, Texas. This is the weekend. Pastors Colton and Casey Hill will be there starting tonight. And tomorrow night and Sunday morning. And uh, we just thank the Lord for what he's doing there in Wichita Falls, Texas. And next weekend, I'll be with the Hills in Athens, Tennessee, the entire weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So I encourage you to come if you live anywhere in that area and be a part of that. And uh, we'd love to meet you and fellowship with you. So here we are today in the book of Jude. Uh, only got one chapter in it. Anybody know what chapter that is? One. One. <laughs> so uh, verse 9 says, Yet Michael the archangel, when contending with the devil, he disputed about the body of Moses, dared not bring against him a railing, which means an a, a injurious, injurious or slanderous accusation, but said, The Lord rebuke thee. Mm -hmm. And we, we really need to uh, remember that, uh, that... It is the Lord that rebukes the enemy. I mean, this is a powerful archangel, Michael, who, I mean, just powerful, very powerful. But yet he, instead of getting into some debate and argument and, and, and saying something to the, to the enemy that would be a railing, that would be uh, something injurious, you know, like, like how we get angry, we attack, well, your head's big, and well, you this, and you, we, just, we just move it outside the boundaries of what the, the situation really is, and that's how the problems really start a lot of times. We, we get moved away from whatever the real issue is, and then we just start in all the other. And he, he refused to do that. He just said, the Lord rebuke you. And this week, uh, I, I, I want to talk about uh, 
what possibly, and you have to say possibly because you can't find it in the Bible, what they were really uh, disputing over concerning the body of Moses. And I told you last week that I would I would share that with you. Uh, what 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 is more than likely the reason, but it's it's really not biblical. But I'll share with you uh, what I did find in the Bible that could be related to that. And and uh, in Numbers chapter twenty one. We see the people of God journeying from Mount Or, chapter 21 of Numbers, verse 4. And they journeyed from Mount Or by the way of the Red Sea to compass the land of Edom. And the soul of the people was much discouraged because of the way. You ever been discouraged because of the way God's leading you? And the people spoke against God. And against Moses, wherefore have you brought us up out of Egypt to die in the wilderness? For there is no bread, neither is there any water, and our soul loathes this light bread. <laughs> it's funny how we get sick of what the Lord's providing, isn't it? Yeah, that's true. And the Lord sent fiery serpents among the people, and they bit the people, and much people of Israel died. Now notice, the Lord sent the fiery serpents. It didn't just happen. The Lord sent them. Just like the Lord gave Paul the apostle the thorn in his flesh. You know, and you have to always remember the Lord's either doing something, call it what you will, or He's allowing it to happen. We just need to learn to really trust Him because He's told us that all things, no matter what they are, are working together for our own good because... We love Him. We are called according to His purpose. So He's not ever going to uh, be shocked. Why? I can't believe snakes are biting. Oh my gosh, how'd that happen? No, He sent them. Mm -hmm. Oh, I can't believe Paul's got a thorn. No, he, God's never shocked because God watches it and knows it's going to happen before it happens. And a lot of times, such as in this story, the Bible says He sent the fiery mm -hmm. serpents among the people and they bit the people. That's why He sent them, to bite them. Yeah. Kind of sounds ugly, doesn't it? Yeah. It's people who say that turn the focus off the uh, onto the wrong issue. That's right. The issue is not God doing something ugly. The issue is sin here. Yes. God trying to teach His people yeah. that trusting Him is better than complaining and murmuring. There's a lesson here in this. There's a lesson in everything. We need to figure out what it is. And really... In all reality, at the end of our lives, it's going to boil down to this one thought. God was trying to get us to learn to trust Him all our lives. And all we ever really needed to do was trust Him. But that means trust Him through faith in the sacrifice, of course. Because there's where He proved we could trust Him. There's where He proved He loved us. There's where He proved He's gracious and merciful. There's where He proved that, all, that He is the God of all grace. The cross is where He proved that. Mm -hmm. Verse 7 says, <clears throat> Therefore the people came to Moses and said, We have sinned, for we have spoken against the Lord and against you. Mm -hmm. Pray unto the Lord that He take away the serpents from us. And Moses prayed for the people. 
Notice Moses didn't say, I ain't praying for you, old stubborn heathens. You deserve to get bit. Well, there's a lot of that goes on. You ever been praying for somebody and, and praying for them and then praying for them and then also uh, all of a sudden God drops this other person who's sick in your heart and there's that fleshly thought, well, I don't know, I ain't no need to pray for him. He, you know, he, you know, he ain't really living up to the way he ought to be living. You know, have you ever had a thought like that? Then the Lord reminds you, listen, you ain't perfect either. Right. And you know what? Ain't nobody worthy right. to be healed, but He's worthy. Yes. And yeah. He's merciful and long-suffering. He's, he's patient. And you know, the people that Jesus healed when He walked on this earth, they didn't have everything right either. No. They just came to get healed and believe He could heal them. Right. You know, if you just come to Jesus to get healed and believe He can heal you, you just might find yourself healed. Right. 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 Amen. Because He can still heal. He Amen. does still heal. Yes. But, but I like it because He says Moses prayed for the people and that's really the sign of a true leader, a true pastor's heart. you got to think about this. This is back in the day when they didn't have a... a, a, a an inkling of what we have today. And they really didn't, so it's not going to be an argument. They didn't have what we have today. They didn't have the born-again experience. They didn't have a whole list. The Bible tells us that, that they that this is a new better covenant, a new covenant with better promises. So that in it of itself lets us know that we have more than they had, so therefore yeah. we are more responsible That's than right. they are. Yeah. Leaders today are more responsible than leaders of yesterday. Right. Because we have more now. And God said, what? He who has much, much is required of them. So the more you go around talking about how blessed you are, yeah. the more responsible you are yeah. to serve the one who it is who's blessed you. That's right. and, and Moses prayed for the people, verse 8, And the Lord said unto Moses, Make thee a fiery serpent, and set it upon a pole. And it shall come to pass that every one that is bitten, when he looks upon it, shall live. <clears throat> and Moses <clears throat> made a serpent of brass and put it upon a pole. And it came to pass that if a serpent had bitten any man, when he beheld the serpent of brass, he lived. Now in this we see uh, several things, but really the main thing is really ultimately it's the revelation of what Christ would do at Calvary for the sins of all people. But in this story, we see God's trying to teach His people to trust Him. And when you don't, it's going to get you in trouble. But when you don't and you find yourself in trouble, you can still call on the Lord and He's made a way to deliver you. That's what He's doing here. He's making a way. <clears throat> but it's kind of like the cross. And we'll see other scriptures to prove it. It's kind of like the cross. It's really, it just doesn't make any sense naturally to look at a snake on a pole and be healed. How can I? Because God said that's the way you can be healed. Yeah. So you have to heed the voice of God. It is the word of the Lord that you have to follow. He's not going to honor your will, your way, your thought, your anything. He has given you His word and faith will only come for your uh, experience of all that God has when you hear, when you obey, when you choose to follow what He said. Not twist it to make it something now you can follow, but just as it is written, which Jesus said many times, as it is written, 
That's what we hear. That's what we follow. And there's where we experience the very results of what God has said. See, it's not God's word we and we heed it to get something. No, when we hear the word of the Lord, faith brings us into the experience of that word we have heard. Not hearing God to get something. No, we hear God so that we can experience God. We hear God so that we can experience God's plan for our lives. Not, not so we can hear God and then twist it and use it for our own person. No, that's the flesh. We hear God to obey God because we want to please God. And we can only do that in God's will and His plan. And when we do get off track and we do mess up and we will mess up, but when we do, He's made a way. You need to understand that. Don't hammer yourself down into the ground and get in the closet for three weeks and can't come out, can't believe I made a mistake, can't believe I said something that stupid, can't believe I did something that wrong. Well, why can't you believe it? You're still living in an old trash bag. We're just a bunch of dirt bags. Well, I mean, we yes, we have treasure in these earthen vessels, but the treasure ain't us. It's Christ, our hope of glory. So when we make a mistake, He's made a way out of it. And it ain't a, a two-week way. It's a moment. Thank you for the blood. Thank you that I don't have to live condemned. And God always makes a way yeah. so that we can step right back in. We don't have to work. We don't Listen, folks who think they got to go get in the closet for three weeks because they made a mistake, they still thinking they got to work their way out of this. Right. And you ain't working your way no. out. It's like the preacher who went in the closet. You heard me tell it. And, he told his wife, I'm going in to fast and pray and do not knock on the door. Do not ask me, am I hungry? Don't ask me, am I thirsty? Do not knock on the door. This is me and God. You know, I don't care if it's days. Do not knock on the door. So he went into that and he, he came out after I don't remember how many days, not eating and whatever. And, and he, surely he had water, but... Uh, he came out and he said, God gave him a list of these 13 things that if he would do these 13 things, he, his ministry would be what it should be, that he'd have the power of God and he could find deliverance for certain things he needed deliverance from. Well, he hadn't, he hadn't spent time, he didn't hear that from the Lord because the Lord will direct you to Calvary where all the provision of all the grace that our God is the God of comes from. He's not going to tell you, give you a list of things to do for victory over sin. Power. He's not going to do it. He may give you a list of things that need to be done around the church and somebody to go visit, somebody you need to pray for, but He's not going to give you one list of anything that you need to do to have the victory, the power of God, except point you to Christ. So the people who, they still think they got to work their way into something. My point is God has made a way. He was doing it in this story. He put a, a, a serpent on a brass pole, a brass serpent on a pole, and told them, if you'll look at it, I'll heal you. Mm -hmm. Well, that's dumb, ain't it? Mm -hmm. Well, let me tell you something. If you're getting bit by snakes, you're going to try it. <laughs> well, I'm going to have to try to try. I'm going to trust you in this, Lord. And a lot of, anybody who's ever trusted the Lord in what, something He said, they experience benefits from it. Mm -hmm. Think about when He said, put the blood on the doorpost. What'd that get them? An exodus out of Egypt. If you listen to the Lord, your life will be totally changed if your faith is in Christ. Not You can't just open the Bible 
and start trying to do what the Bible says because that won't work till you're born again. It won't do anything for you except hopefully the Holy Spirit trying to be lead you to being born again. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you, you, that's, a, that's a powerful story. And God sent the serpents to bite them because they're murmuring and complaining. Paul wrote something similar in the New Testament. Many are weak, sick, and dying prematurely because they're not discerning the Lord's body. Mm-hmm. What Christ did at Calvary. Yes. That, that's not fiery serpents coming up to bite us, but it's just weakness, sickness that's uncalled for, that's not God's will, uh, but, it's in, it, but it's set in motion as what is reaped when we don't discern the Lord's body. Mm-hmm. There are things that are set in motion you can't stop. If you go out and play in the highway, you're going to get run over. Right. If, if, if you sow to the flesh, God says you're going to reap corruption. You're not getting out of it. You, it ain't some people will. If you sow to the flesh, you'll reap corruption because God set it in motion. It ain't God showing up to give you a big dose of corruption. No. Everything has already been set in motion. You, you, Whatever you sow, that you'll reap. It's set in motion. It's not God showing up to hammer you when you do something wrong. He's, not, he's still got his arms wide open. Come back where you don't reap that horror story, that life that's full of horror. Come back and follow me. Trust me. And so in this story, he's teaching his people, don't murmur, don't complain. Trust me. You're my people. If I brought you out of Egypt, if I've done all I've done, am I going to let you starve to death? You may feel like you're starving, but God's not going to let you starve to death. He's going to feed you. Jesus speaks of the bronze serpent as a type of what he would do when he came. In John chapter 3, verses 12 through 16, Jesus said, If I have told you earthly things and you believe not, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And no man has ascended up to heaven, but he that came down from heaven, even the Son of Man which is in heaven. And as Moses, now look what he goes into talking about, and he's and he's talking about him being sent by the Father. And now he starts talking back about, in verse 14, as Moses lifted up the serpent in the wilderness, even so must the Son of Man be lifted up, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have eternal life. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus turns their memory back to what Moses did by building the brass serpent, put him up on the pole. He reminds them of that as it relates to him being lifted up to take away their sin. And he relates it to God's love for them. Not a sledgehammer. God's love. That was God's love in the Old Covenant. I love my people. But again, to confirm what we always teach here at Crossway Church, God loves the world, but the experience of that love is only found in an obedience to God. Mm-hmm. The experience of that love. I, listen, I don't love God and I'm not experiencing God's love because I tell Him I love Him. <clears throat> I'm experiencing God's love if my faith is in that love offering He provided for me in His Son at Calvary. Mm-hmm. In that was manifest the love of God. 1 John 4, 9 and 10 tells us that that's what God did to manifest His love, to show us His love. Mm-hmm. He gave, speaking of the cross, mm-hmm. His Son for us. 
And Jesus relays what Moses did with the serpent that we read about in the book of Numbers. These people should have been catching a hold of this. Because the foolishness of putting a snake on a pole is about as foolish as a man getting up on the cross in the natural to take away the sins of the world. But Jesus tells them, look back in verse 12, if I've told you earthly things and you still ain't believing, how shall you believe if I tell you of heavenly things? And heavenly things, he's referring to what God from heaven told Moses to do in the book of Numbers about the serpent on the pole. If you ain't getting what really that was about, what that represented, then you're not going to understand the heavenly things. And then we're going to move on now to this last portion of, of, of why, why, why I believe there was a, a, a disputing over the very body of Moses. As, and, I, and I'm going to show you in the Word of God. Uh, but and this is what I believe. Uh, there was a, a disputing there between Michael the archangel and the devil uh, concerning the body of Moses, I believe, because the devil, if he could have had the body of Moses, then he could have used it to make the people worship the body of Moses. Mm -hmm. Because we people, we listen, you need to understand this. When, when you got here, you're a worshiper. You, you are a worshiper. For years, you might have worshipped yourself, or you might have worshipped the sun, the moon. You might have worshipped the... You know how people say, oh, he worships the ground she walks on. Well, there's a lot of truth in that, because when you're born, you're a worshiper. Mm -hmm. You're worshipping something. You're giving praise to something. It might be your own self. Yeah, right. It may be whatever, mm -hmm. but you are a worshiper yeah. when you get here. And the devil's smart enough to know that men will worship anything. Yes. Sure. I mean, just think about it. God yeah. brought them out of Egypt by faith yeah. in the blood. They get out That's just a, right. not even two months later. They've, they've built a golden calf. They, they're, they're saying, uh, put it, let's erect an altar. Get this. I mentioned it Wednesday night. They, they, put, they built an altar that represented the move of God right by the calf thinking that the cross and the calf is going to work. It ain't the altar and. It's the cross and nothing else. If you add to the cross, you're telling God the cross really ain't enough. That's, that's right. That's pretty simple, straightforward, but that's reality. But... They, 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 they built a golden calf. They hadn't been out of Egypt long and said, Come tomorrow, let us have a feast unto the Lord. Like God was going to accept worship from them through a golden calf just because it was beside the altar that should have been there. God, listen, I'm going to tell you something. Don't, don't be fooled. Don't be seduced. If our faith is not in the cross of Christ alone, right. we're outside the arena of grace. Grace is God functioning in our lives. Yeah. Grace is God at work. Grace is God teaching. As I told you Wednesday night, uh, the Lord spoke to me last Sunday morning in the hotel before I preached and said not only is grace God at work, but grace is God being allowed to work. Mm. Because it takes faith to move into grace. Mm. It's by grace, but yet through faith. What Jesus did at Calvary was by grace, Hebrews 2.9, but through faith, Galatians 2.20. He had to live and die 
by grace through faith, the same way you and I experience the life He offers us at Calvary. You don't ever need to forget that, my friends. Because grace don't just happen. God's looking for faith so that He can do what needs to be done, and that is grace through faith. Mm -hmm. So the devil knew that, oh, if I can get the body of Moses, man... I can put that over in a shrine and they will work at all that He's done, the power that God used through Him. They're going to worship Him from now on. They will come and kiss the stones. They'll eat the dirt around the grave. They, man, they're going to worship Him. And see, when we're worshiping each other, we're worshiping the devil. If we're not worshiping God through faith in Christ who is our truth, they that worship God must worship God in spirit and in truth, or they ain't worshiping God no matter what they say. The devil knew that. Mm -hmm. It's just like all the rock and roll and all that mess out there today. If it ain't about Christ, then it really ain't about God. That's right. And it really ain't of God. Right. I've been noticing a lot of uh, 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 what... The church calls contemporary Christian music. I, a lot of the most popular artists on, on, on the radio today, they don't even say Jesus in their songs, and it's intentional so that they can make money in the world. Listen, if you ain't saying the name Jesus, you can't just say God. That could be the sun, the moon, a tree for all. You've got to talk about Jesus, or your stuff ain't about Jesus. That's just money, greed, money. Well, I can I can get the church, I can get money from the church. That's called exploit, exploiting God's people, and I can also get money uh, from the world. And you know, God knows my heart. You talk about Jesus, you don't talk about Jesus. Then to me, it's just a love song to your boyfriend, your girlfriend. Mm -hmm. And I can't just assume everybody knows I'm talking about Jesus because that is a move of the enemy. Assumption is a move of the enemy. Preachers can't just assume their people's faith is in the cross. They have to preach the cross so the people's faith can be in the power of God's the way the Apostle Paul put it. Amen? Mm -hmm. Amen. So in 2 Kings, we see this, that years after the, 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 the snake, the bronze uh, serpent had been built and, and used in the way God intended to be used, and then... Uh, for whatever reason, it didn't get destroyed, it didn't get put away, and the people began to burn incense to it. They began to worship the bronze serpent. Not God, but the bronze serpent. Watch this in 2 Kings chapter 18, verses 1 through 4. King Hezekiah showed up. Every once in a while, a king would show up and said, All right, nonsense, it's out, it's over. Tear down those groves over there. God ain't, God, ain't, God ain't a grove. God ain't in that golden serpent. You know, God wasn't in the, golden, the, the, the bronze serpent when He used the bronze serpent. God moved upon the people's faith in what God had said to them. Not a serpent on a pole. It's the Word of God that's, that's, that God is trying to... The Bible says that in the book of Psalms, didn't it? Like 107.20, God sent His Word to heal them of all destruction and to deliver them, or to heal them and to deliver them of all destruction. It's His Word. And His Word became the living Word, Jesus. You can't separate the two. 
So, 2 Kings 18 and 1, that came to pass in the third year of Hoshea, son of Eli, king of Israel, that Hezekiah, the son of Ahaz, king of Judah, began to reign. 25 years old he was when he began to reign, and he reigned 20 and 9 years in Jerusalem. His mother's name also was Abbi, or Abbi, the daughter of Zechariah. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, according to all that David his father did. He removed the high places, and broke the images, and cut down the groves, and broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. Now notice the Bible here says he did that which was right in the eyes of the Lord. Mm -hmm. So it was a move of God, stirring his heart, that all that the people's faith in, it in is wrong. Now, just like in our day, in that day, I'm sure that all the people didn't jump up and say, Hallelujah! Mm -hmm. Because it was the people who were involved in this grove worship or trying to worship God through the groves, worshiping God uh, uh, through all these places and in uh, the high places. They thought they could go up to a high place even if they put an altar up on a high place, it wasn't the place God told them to worship. So it don't matter. You, you build an altar that was supposed to be symbolic of the cross. If it wasn't like God's Word said, where God's Word said, it was your plan now and not God's. <clears throat> you gotta, remember the story in the Old Covenant where there was horns on the, on the, the temple, on the, on the front of the tabernacle. And uh, I'm not getting into the teaching because I ain't equipped for it at the moment to teach on all that. But what I want to make a point about is this. Two different men had sinned. One man run and grabbed a hold of the horns of the altar. God, I'm sorry. Forgive me, God. This is wrong. And it was, it, it was right inside. It's where the, the sacrifices were. He grabbed the horns of the, the, you know, that were on the, of the corner of the, of the tabernacle. And God for, was merciful and forgave that man because God saw his heart. Well, there was another man who sinned and he ran and he thought just because he grabbed the horns of the altar his faith was actually in, if I can just grab the horns of the altar, mm -hmm. then God will forgive me. But that ain't the case. Mm -hmm. Because his object of faith was the horns on the altar. Mm -hmm. The one who got forgiven, his heart was like, God, forgive me, and I know that there's only one way of forgiveness. See, God sees the heart. Yeah. God deals with the heart of man. Yeah. And God saw that his people were worshiping the bronze serpent. Mm -hmm. So he raised up a king. Not only did he break the, the serpent, bronze serpent in pieces, but he also broke down all the images. He cut down all the groves. He, he removed the high places. Like, we ain't going up there no more. Who? Not nobody. It's over. This king, and when the king said it that day, and you disobeyed him, you just died. You got put to death. So what the king said, that was it. Which tells you, in times before him, the kings were allowing the blasphemy to God, the idol worship. They were allowing it. Just like preachers today that refuse to preach the Word of God in the context of Christ and what He did at Calvary. They're, they're teaching and helping the people to live in sin even though that's really not their intention. They don't want that. What Christian, especially a pastor, wants the people to live in sin? 
And what King in the past would have actually, if he'd been sat down and interviewed, would have said, I just want to destroy God's people. He thought he was actually helping God's people. But he had gotten away from God's prescribed order, God's prescribed way of righteousness, way of salvation, way to trust in Him, way to commune with Him, way to experience His plan for their lives. They, if you get outside in the Old Covenant, those people, outside of what pointed to Christ, you're in trouble. In the New Covenant, if you get outside the faith, which is faith in the cross, you're still in trouble. But the church has been taught, well, He'll never leave you. He'll never forsake you. And, and that's true, but they've never been taught, and I hate to say it, they've never been taught that you can forsake Him. You can remove yourself from Him. You can fall from grace. They're not being told that because they don't really know what grace is. They don't really understand justification. They really don't understand the Word of God. They just repeat what daddy and granddaddy said and it's just another generation of mess until God raises up someone somewhere preaching the truth that makes everybody in the church mad. You got to know this. The people didn't throw a big blasting party and celebration because Hezekiah cut down what they had been worshiping. And when preachers get up and begin to point out all the things the church has really, in their ignorance and deception, been worshiping, then the people get mad about it. But I've learned this. you got to get mad before you get glad. I've experienced it. you got to get mad before you get glad. And I pray that most of God's people will find the gladness after the madness, but I understand most won't. But some will. Therefore, we as Hezekiah keep chopping down everything the enemy has erected and exalting that which God has erected, his son on the cross. Hallelujah. He removed the high places, verse 4, and he broke the images and cut down the groves, and he broke in pieces the bronze serpent that Moses had made. Why? Because unto those days the children of Israel did burn incense to it. And he called it. Nehushtan. Mm -hmm. And that means that bronze thing. Mm -hmm. That's what it means. When you look it up, it means that bronze thing. Pe the people of God. The people of God. Don't think that you can't be brought to worshiping a rock. A ghost. God's people do worship gold and silver today. They just aren't shaping it in some calf. They, the, but but that, if you're worshiping money, you're worshiping silver and gold. We came out of a ministry like that. Oh, it was all in the name of the Lord. But you've got to remember, they crucified Jesus in the name of the Lord. So everything that's in the name of the Lord ain't right in the eyes of God. These people probably thought they were worshiping God by yeah. what God had made. But yeah. God didn't make that to be worshipped. God made that to take away their sickness at the moment if, if they would obey what He told them. Never forget that. So, We'll roll on this morning going right into verse 10. And it says, but these talk... Now he reverts back, Jude reverts back to these people he's been talking about. These men who've crept in among us. These creepers, we can call them. They've crept in. They, they seem to be saying what we're saying, but they don't mean what we mean. Very deceptive. Very, very deceitful. And... Uh, 
You have to. This is what the book of Jude is written about. So that we can know how to contend for the faith. We can have a better discernment. See, uh, you know, the gift of discernment, if God has gifted anybody with the gift of discernment, that means he's also gifted them with the knowledge of his word. He's teaching them his word because it is the word of God that is the discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So it ain't just, well, I see what's wrong with them and oh, the, all them people over there. And all. Listen, it, listen. Just the gift of discernment, its priority is for your own self. So you can make sure that four before stays pulled out of your own eye. Mm -hmm. And then when you do discern things, it ain't for condemnation. It's for prayer and ministry opportunity to declare the truth. Not for condemnation. Amen. Right. Amen. So Jude, he reverts back, talk, referring again. He, he gives us this uh, story about Michael the archangel and disputing over the body of Moses with the devil just out of nowhere because he's he's he is referring now to these people, these men. And he says these in verse 10 speak evil of those things which they know not. Mm -hmm. People who talk negative about the message of the cross, they don't know the message of the cross. Right. That's right. Let me tell you what speaking evil of the message of the cross is. It's not cursing with foul language. It's right. simply saying, I don't need it. That's evil. Mm -hmm. right. That's a sin. Right, right. I don't need it. I'm beyond that now. Whatever right. now is, never forget, it's law and you're bound. Mm -hmm. and, then, and let me say it again. The Lord showed it to me several weeks ago in the teaching on Romans chapter 7. The reason Christians won't come back to Calvary is because they're trusting something else now. And when, the, moment we do, the, the, the moment we do that, the sin nature revives and the first thing it does is deceive us. Mm -hmm. I no longer need the cross. I've got this now. That was to get me in the kingdom. This is to get me through the kingdom. I'm deceived. And Paul said, when the sin nature revives, he what? He died. Mm -hmm. That means he can no longer bear fruit. The only fruit-bearing place is faith in the sacrifice of Christ. Just like in the days of Hezekiah we read about, the people, they didn't like that. The church don't like that today. Well, just, you know, the cross, the message of the cross, we really don't need that anymore. That's, that's an old message from yesterday. That's, you know, God's doing a new thing. That's evil in the eyes and right. the ears of God. Amen. And all that we'll be able to uh, reap from those thoughts and that attitude from the heart is corruption of the flesh. It's no wonder the church has got as much or more divorce in it than the world. It's no wonder that the church's kid grows up and becomes worse than the, the mom and dad used to be in the world instead of it being the other way around. Mm -hmm. It should be the other way around. When God saved you and brought you out of the world, your kids, the Bible gives us a promise that if we train them up in the way they should go, His name is Jesus, mm -hmm. and His way is the way of the cross. Mm -hmm. They won't depart from it. You need to know this. They'll depart from an old dead backslidden church that's not preaching the cross. They'll depart from that because there's no power there to hold them, to convict them, to teach them. I don't care if it is the Word of God. Make some of you mad this morning. The Word of God is powerless without the blood. Amen. Without faith in the blood, the Word of God is powerless. It's powerless. 
We use it as witchcraft. We use it as voodoo if our faith is not in the blood. And really just to boil it down to this, if we're using God's Word outside the context of the living Word and what He did at Calvary for us, we're in the flesh. We're putting corruption to be eaten by the people on the table. We're using God's Word for our own purpose instead of His purpose and His will. Amen. 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 But he says, these speak evil of those things which they know not, but what they know naturally as brute beasts. That's like animals. Just in the natural. In those things, they corrupt themselves. Do you know without the truth, we'll destroy ourselves? Mm -hmm. If man had been left to himself, <coughs> we would have killed each other, and then we'd have killed ourselves. Because death reigns in the world. Death rules the world. Mm -hmm. But for us, mm -hmm. born again, grace reigns through righteousness. Mm -hmm. For us. But these people who don't know the truth, they speak evil of the truth, and they, the Bible says, in those things they corrupt themselves. You know, if you're not a Christian, you've heard it said, to be outside of the will of God, to, to, to be lost, it, you're insane. There's a, there's a little insanity. I don't care how wise you may appear, how well-dressed you are. Outside of the faith, there's some insanity there. Amen. Because that old man that you were before you were born again, he's just hell being on living for the devil. He might not put it that way himself, which is living for the devil. And all we can do is talk about things that result only in death. Mm -hmm. So for the Christian, <coughs> we've been given life eternally, life abundantly. We've been given the Word of God. We have now uh, are a people who speak God's Word. Our words are seasoned. They're words of grace seasoned with salt. They should be, the Bible says. They live only for fleshly indulgence and they sink deeper and deeper in sensual fleshly gratifications. Think about this. Years ago, when we came out of a, t a particular church and began to preach the message of the cross, think about the vast difference between 16 years later for us and them still not preaching this message, still not grabbing a hold of this message, where they are. Mm -hmm. Not saying they're not children of God. But I'm saying there's a vast difference. And I'm not saying we're better than anybody because we're not. Amen. But I'm saying where we walk, walk is a different place. And there can be no growth. I don't care what any preacher comes along and says. There can be no growth without proper faith. Right. And that's faith in the cross. is proper right. faith. Yeah. Not faith in what I speak. Faith in... No, faith in the cross of Christ is the only thing that allows the Holy Spirit yep. to make us grow, right. to grow us into Christ. Mm -hmm. So, but there are some preachers out there saying that just because you don't know the message of the cross don't mean you can't grow. Let me let me clarify something. Just because you don't you you can't theologically and biblically explain the message of the cross doesn't mean you can't live for God and grow. But your faith has to be there or you're not growing. Right. Uh -huh. You may not be able to explain it, 
But your faith has to be in it. Yes, right. that's right. I don't care what you can or can't explain. Right. If your faith is not in the sacrifice of Christ, yes. you can't grow. Here's a confirmation. The Bible says we can only walk in Him just as we received Him. Mm -hmm. And if our walk is not in Him, we're not growing in Him. Right. And the way we received Him, and I'm quoting Colossians 2.6 if you're taking notes, the way we received Him is through faith in what He did for us at the cross. That's the way we received Him. If that's not how we received Him, we're yet to receive Him. Mm -hmm. right. And the Bible clearly tells us that's the same way we are to walk mm -hmm. in Him. Mm -hmm. Just like we received Him. So therefore, when we move our faith from the cross, and we don't even know we're doing it, to any program, right. any event, conferences that we run all over the country after, and because of that man or this man, or whatever we think, instead of just the simplicity of Christ and Him crucified, we're no longer growing. Right. Because we're not walking in Him. Mm -hmm. So don't try to tell me that we can grow just because we don't know the message of the cross. If you don't know it for sanctification, well, it, it, listen, when you're, let's just clarify this. When you're born again, your faith is pure because you've trusted in the work of Christ at Calvary. Yeah. That's why things begin to fall off you. I mean, and everybody's got that testimony, man. Cigarettes and drugs and alcohol and that foul mouth for some people, it just fell off. But now these other things mm -hmm. just hang on to the cross. Mm -hmm. yeah. Keep believing with that pure faith you believed with, with at the first and things are going to keep falling off. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah. Got to be careful about all this. These, these men, they, they speak evil of things they don't know. And if you don't know the message of the cross for sanctified living, you're going to speak evil of it. I did. I heard it. Turned the radio off and said, what in the world are they preaching that stuff for? Man, hadn't they been in the ministry for 50 years, 40-something years? I, we're past, and my, I was telling myself that driving down the road, we're past all that now. Man, I'm filled with the Holy Ghost. I thought that was the next step. Okay, the cross, yeah, but the baptism with the Holy Spirit. How many Pentecostals believe that today? I no longer need that. I've got the fullness of the Holy Spirit now. Wrong? Wrong. you got to take your cross up daily. They speak evil of things they know nothing about. They corrupt themselves as brute, ignorant beasts. Paul says something about this in Galatians 6, 8. For he that sows to his flesh shall of the flesh reap corruption. That's where that verse is at. Galatians 6, 8. But he that sows to the Spirit shall of the Spirit reap life everlasting. The only way we can sow to the Spirit is if we're following the Spirit. That's right. Sowing to something means you're giving yourself to something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. You understand that? Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm giving, you know, I'm going to go sow some corn. That means you have got to go plant the corn. You, you give yourself to that process of farming for that corn. When you're sowing something, you're giving something. And you're going to reap whatever that is you're sowing. If you're sowing to the flesh, even if you don't know it, you're going to reap corruption. This is where the church has been almost the entirety of its existence. They've not known how to sow to the Spirit. How to walk after the Spirit. We'll be talking about that Sunday morning. But... 
Paul told Timothy that when they oppose God, they're opposing themselves. And everybody that's not got faith in the cross... Now, some preachers just can't bring themselves to admit this, and I'm talking about even some of the cross preachers. Listen, everything we do toward God, we do by faith. By faith. We, when we put money in the offering basket on Sunday morning or whenever it is you give, you're doing that in faith. You worship God in faith that He is giving you an audience, that this is what He's told you to do. See, that faith in what He said. How to worship Him. When we pray, we're praying in faith. When we love God, we're loving God in faith. But if our faith is wrong, then all of that is wrong. So people, Christians who don't have their faith in the cross alone, they're not loving God the way they're supposed to be loving God. Boy, it always gets quiet wherever I say that. And I know why. Because we think we love God no matter what. While I'm living in my sin with a wife and five girlfriends on the side, I still love God. And you can't tell me that I don't. You ain't experiencing the love of God living in sin. You can if you look to the cross where that love was manifest. God still loves you. Now that's where we've made the mistake. I ain't say God ain't loving you. He loves you at all times. He's calling you at all times. He wants you at all times. But the experience of that love. Like a man beating his wife. And she's so deceived, she goes up to the beauty shop and tells the women, well, that's the way he expresses his love to me. Now, he don't love you, honey, or he wouldn't be beating you. Right, right. That's right. That is right. Thank you. That's right. Can I get another? Can I get another? That's right. <laughs> that ain't love. We want to call all kinds of things love. It ain't love. God said, in this is the love of God manifest. And only through that is the love of God shed abroad into our hearts and manifest to others. Faith other than faith in the cross, the love of God can't be manifest. Here's what deceives us. I can still be nice. I can still give you a shirt or fix your flat. I can still be hospitable. But the devil can do that stuff. The love of God is because of proper faith. Faith works by love. And if it ain't right faith in what God did to give us that love, we ain't even loving God the way we're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. Amen, Brother Curtis. I know we're in a reformation. We're only 20-something years into it, so most people are just going to throw me out in the ditch. (laughs) That's all right. did the same to Martin Luther. You know what? They walking in that truth today in justification. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are walking in the truth now. A lot of people got Bibles 500 years later after they went through hell and all those men went through hell. You know, it, it, listen, it don't matter. They can throw us out in the ditch and run over us. And, and you know, here if the Lord tarries in a few years, people are going to be getting this. Hallelujah. It don't, I mean, I'm not here to make a name for myself. If I was, I'd just get mad and quit because I ain't getting it. I ain't getting the name for myself. <laughs> but I'm trying to exalt the name that's above every name and point people to the only way they're going to experience God. It ain't by sitting on a pew. 
It's by faith in the sacrifice. It's the way God intended. So Paul says something about this. These people, they don't know they're opposing God. I didn't know for years as a minister that I was opposing God. And, and when I'm opposing God, even in my ignorance, if I don't know it, I'm opposing myself. And if I'm opposing the message of the cross, not just for victory over sin, but for all the grace of God, for everything, then I'm opposing God in certain areas of my life. And in doing that, I'm opposing myself. Mm -hmm. You're right. Paul told Timothy, You're right. in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verses 25 and 26, in meekness, instruct those that oppose themselves. Wow. If God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth. Notice this. True repentance acknowledges the truth. Or it wasn't true repentance. Very powerful. And they that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil who are taken captive at him at his will. Paul had enough sense to know that the devil's got a will and we can be captured in it. If we're opposing God, we're opposing ourselves... And we fall and pray to the enemy's lie. Think about that. Pretty powerful. Well, y'all doing all right this morning? Amen. I'll be glad when the weather gets cooler, we won't have to turn that air conditioner off in here. We're suffering for you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> but it's only an hour and it's not that bad. But uh, uh, next week, we won't be here. Because I will be in Athens, Tennessee. But the next week we will be here. And we will begin to talk about uh, verse 11. Uh, where Jude begins to give three examples. And they're Cain and Balaam and Korah. And we'll get into these stories. We'll get into why God, the Holy Spirit, gave him these three examples. Because they cover the gamut. Mm -hmm. They cover the gamut of all all of these type of people and the reasons we run away from God and His way to all the other things we run to. They're covered in these three men, among these three men. What is it? The pride of life, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes. You'll find them all in this. And that's why the Holy Spirit gave you these three men uh, because they cover the whole, the entirety of why people leave God's way to go their own way. And uh, we'll see that next week not next week, but the week after here uh, when we gather up. But I just want to tell you at the close of this broadcast how much I appreciate, appreciate you guys that come on Friday mornings uh, for the Bible study and how, how much I appreciate you guys who watch and listen online. I, knew to, I know today was a, a new endeavor, and most people probably didn't see my earlier post on social media about it. So they're not watching, but they will find out here in a little while. And uh, hopefully we can move in this area and, and, and get in a routine uh, where we're streaming live on the YouTube channel. Uh, and you can become a subscriber there. Uh, and you'll get a bing when I go live. And then you'll be right there on my uh, channel where all the information is. It's a, and then you won't have to go from Facebook. And I won't have to keep reminding you about YouTube. You'll just be there. So help us get the word out. The YouTube channel, Curtis Hutchinson 316. And uh, we sure love you. Uh, that's the reason we're here doing these Bible studies. Uh, because we're called to be publishers of the word. 
Uh, and God's using that remnant he's able to bring out of the golden calf builders in these last days to begin to point once again to his only way named Jesus and what he did at Calvary. So pray for us as I, I drive to Wichita Falls, Texas today, and I'll be with Brother Colton next weekend. Always pray for us here at Crossway Church, and, and uh, we just ask for your prayers. We covet them, and we ask you to pray about giving financially to this ministry to become a partner with us and doing all that God's called us to do. You can give as easily as on your cell phone, uh, dialing 903 231-5950. I say dialing, it's really called texting today. But again, it's 903-231-5950. Or you can donate on the website at thecrosswaychurch.com. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, stay determined to know absolutely nothing but Christ and Him crucified. See you in a couple weeks. Amen. Amen. Mm. Wow. That Comments, was, questions, that rock that chunking. So fast. Telling you. I, I, I 